Good morning, everyone. Oh, what is happening to the webcams? Sorry, ah. technical issues, technical issues. Here we are. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Hello. Welcome to episode 12 of Merchants of Novigrad, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything went. Today with me are my two co-hosts, Thea Beastie and Ville, who's apparently lost again. And as you guys can see, we have a very special guest, one of the most prolific content creators and a very talented competitive player, Miss Lady J. What's going on? Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, but before we actually start, a few words to our viewers, guys. If you have any questions, you can ask them in chat. Thea is going to collect the more interesting ones, and we're going to try to answer them as we go. Also, um, if you want to stay in touch off stream, you can follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. And if you'd rather watch or listen to this episode afterwards, it's going to be uploaded on YouTube, Spotify, and a couple of other platforms in a couple of hours. So with that being said, what have you been up to, girls? Uh, been playing Gwent this past week. Been trying to climb. So I need to play seasonal. And yeah, then been playing other games such as Divinity. Divinity. Oh, that's cool. Original Sin 2, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those RPGs that I always wanted to play and never had the time for. Oh yeah, you need a lot of... T I think we have like 80 hours in it and we're only halfway. Yeah, because I'm a huge what? Baldur's Gate fan. I'm not sure if you ever played Baldur's Gate, but it's a very similar no, game, I except haven't. much, much older. So, and and uh, Divinity is one of those games that kind of look like Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, except in a more modern cover. And yeah, how are you doing? I am fine. Um, it's it's very odd that my cam is not working as it should today, so I apologize. People will be listening to my voice this time. <laughs> it's uh, fine. At least it's Villa fine. makes up for it, you know. Um, his picture is very clear today, I see. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I've been playing some games. I've been focusing more on The Witcher 3. Um, have a bit of a contest going with Lionheart to see who can finish the game on uh, Death March first. Uh, so far, I am winning. So that's <laughs> all you need to know about that. Imagine not winning against Lionheart. <laughs> exactly. One thing I wanted to ask is load shedding, because it's it's a major source of problems when it comes to content creation. So how yeah. does it affect your life? Um, well, streaming life, you have to plan around that. We have a schedule every day when they announce it. Then you have to plan around those hours. And um, yeah, then also it's during times where you have to make dinner and it's like, okay, you have to get takeout that night. Or um, it's during the night, like 8 p.m. What do you do? You're going to sleep at 8 p.m. Wait till 11 p.m. until it comes back on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it sucks. And it, it could be at inconvenient times, right? Like 8 o'clock to 10.30. So then you can't, like my mom uh, would come home at six and we'd eat dinner then, uh, meaning I can't stream at all that night. Uh, I have to do it in the afternoon. So extremely inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And they change it like this, you know, there's no planning. They'd say it's stage one load shedding and then it's, it changes to stage three for no reason at all, meaning you now have a, at least two load shedding uh, periods during the day, most likely in your area. So that's like five hours of no power at different periods of time. So very fun. Or if it's like the extreme, it's like stage six, then it's like four hours at a time. 
Yeah, it's apocalypse then. <laughs> and it then. affects the podcast. Especially yes. this episode, because mm. um, to explain to our viewers, um, you guys are from the same place in South Africa, Cape Town, except from two different zones. So you have load shedding at different times. So we actually had to schedule this episode around that because we wanted to do it later, but later uh, Jess would have no power. And the moment her power mm -hmm. goes back on, Thea is going to lose her power. So that was not an option either. So we had to move <laughs> to to the morning, which uh, which works for us, but not necessarily for for Villa. He hasn't said anything yet. I think I hope he's doing fine. Yeah, I think he's just a silent type, you know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about... yeah, he's from Finland. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll start talking later, hopefully. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, another thing, recently. A couple of days ago, uh, CTPR announced that there is going to be a viewer party for the World Masters. Are you going? No, I am not going, unfortunately. It's expensive to come from all the way from Africa to Europe. Mm -hmm. And especially like only two months in it. No, one month in advance. And then also I have, yeah, I have visa restrictions because mm -hmm. I've been to Europe. In December and January, then I'm going to be back in June till September. So we only have a certain amount of days allowed in Europe per six months. Yeah, that's yeah, very that makes That makes it difficult. But there's going to be another opportunity to meet your favorite content creators and pro players, and that's TwitchCon. It's the and same I reason. <laughs> and yeah, you can't go for the same reason, but I know that... Yeah, is planning to go. Yes, well, I have not been in Europe for quite a few years now, so I I am allowed to go. I'd say um, I was planning on actually going to England first to to visit some peeps, but it it didn't work. No, <laughs> well, I mean, who who lives in England? I don't know. Probably mm -hmm. some people. Yeah. Anyway, so we'd go, and now the problem was I need two visas because of Brexit. Uh, in the past, you'd have one visa for the entire uh, in, entire. Or the EU for the European Union. Yeah, and now it's problematic, right? And it's it's not that simple to. It's not like hopping over from Amsterdam to where you want to be, right? I know a lot of people going to the TwitchCon just driving over or walking to the place not as easy here so yeah that's difficult but now i am going to amsterdam yes for at least a week and a tour of it oh yeah and momcon is happening too <laughs> i don't know if you know about that <laughs> definitely definitely uh, <laughs> normally i don't go to events like that like the like twitchcon i skipped it last year but this time i'm afraid i don't have a choice i li <laughs> I, I live 30 minutes away from the venue so people mm -hmm. bullied me into going yeah, I would too. Uh, I would too. You cannot deny that privilege. <laughs> I um, went last year. I recommend it. Uh, uh, there's actually a lot of people who are not going to the event specifically. They're just going to Amsterdam to meet other Gwent friends. And Villa, yeah, are, awesome. Villa, are you going to TwitchCon? Because the idea is all merchants of Novigrad at TwitchCon. We could take some photos. So Villa, no? Can you, can, can, I don't think so. Can you, Villa, please <laughs> wink if you are in danger. <laughs> Nothing. No, unfortunately. I mean, 
he's not in danger now. He didn't click. He's fine. But hopefully he's gonna go because that'll be like there is that picture of the Novigrad expansion, you know, where the old gang leaders are sitting at the table. So I was thinking remaking that on on TwitchCon as Merchants of Novigrad. That would be really nice. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, how far is Villa? Oh yeah, you said he's in a. Suite. It's it's a two-hour flight. Event. It's a two-hour flight to Amsterdam. Okay. It's not really that far. It's you know it's doable, but considering his age, he's seventeen. I'm not even sure if he's able to travel alone. I I see. Yeah, exactly. And he does need permission. Isn't TwitchCon eighteen plus? Because last year was 18. Oh, nobody goes to TwitchCon. We're just gonna meet in Amsterdam. Oh, just meet up. <laughs> yeah, I, th I, I think, think Thea is actually going to the. Yeah, Thea, you are actually going to the event, right? I am. I'm going to both days of that event. Yeah, and then afterwards we're gonna hang out with Weevil. He is um, he's organizing a sort of EU uh, Twitch group uh, for Gwent, which is awesome. So we're gonna meet up then with some Gwent players afterwards, and we're going to explore the town, I guess. Yeah, because there's a lot of people coming. Uh, BJ, obviously, because he lives in the same country, but uh, the whole Bandit Gang crew, you know, Bandit Pick and Driftbling and, and, and other people are coming. And they all said, the event is not interesting for us. It's all about meeting other WEN players. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I'm really just going to see what it's all about this time around. And speaking of Gwent... A lot of new changes, not specifically in terms of cards being changed, because there was no patch or, or a hotfix, but the snapshots are in. Uh, for a week now, there's been already some updates, I think. So uh, the meta is not exactly what we imagined it would be. So what are your first thoughts upon seeing the TA and the TOG snapshot? Also, there is a snapshot from an Italian team. Uh, that oh, I yeah. did not have a chance of exploring. I think they. Yes. I saw a couple of interesting decks on that list, but I didn't really go through them. But yeah, guys, your first impressions of the snapshots and the meta. Well, of course, Square Tall is tier one again with yeah. Harmony. Mm -hmm. And um, I see um, now Syndicate is also a tier one with. Um, Blood that, money, yeah, which no one actually really ever used before, and everyone thought that great swords was gonna be OP, but it's I tried great swords too at the beginning, and it's just like everyone's targeting that deck, everyone's controlling that deck, and it's just like oh you have to try and keep your great swords alive all the time. It's like oh. so I gave up with that deck. Yeah, it's it's problematic. At first, I had a, a quite a good time with Scaliger, but yeah, they just started targeting the Great Swords and Dagur, etc., etc. We even saw Osral starting to consume some units in the graveyard instead of Eigen. Really? Which is I saw Xavier. Really oh, really? I've, yeah, I faced Xavier a few times. Yep. That's insane. Yeah, so people were gunning for Scaliger, which made it almost impossible to play. So that's interesting. And um, yeah, I saw I saw Blood Money is very popular now. I wonder why, in all honesty. It did come out of nowhere, in my opinion. I think when it comes to snapshots or meta reports, they often don't report the meta, they shape it. Like There, there probably is mm -hmm. a lot of internal talk of what's good and what's not. They include it in their snapshot, and then people um, see it and start netdecking it. 
And they ob- like, mm-hmm. the professional teams obviously base it on what um, their competitive players are doing. And there is no coincidence that um, the snapshots were originally released the day um, the first qualifier took place. Mm-hmm. They, they were holding on to that information for as long as they could to just not uh, reveal it before the qualifiers to, I assume, have a better chance at winning. Mm. Interesting theory. Could very well be. Yeah, I, I don't know, because uh, we are part of TRS and we don't do snapshots. So if somebody mm-hmm. accuses us of spreading spreading cancerous decks, well, not our <laughs> problem. We we don't do that. Uh, one thing that I was really surprised by is the lack of scenarios. I think the only scenario I've seen, the only two scenarios I've seen in the last couple of weeks are Siege and Passive Laura. I've seen a few um, of the Masquerade Ball. Just here and there, they're playing that uh, tactical decision. Uh, the Emir ability. Yes. Yes. Mm. For those I who mean, still yeah. hasn't caught up with the new names. I mean, they did kind of uh, make it more difficult to play some of the scenarios, at least with example, uh, Second Wind. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's also more uh, easy to get a artifact removal into your deck for a four-point bronze card, right? So, it's yeah, it is interesting that people have stopped playing it. And perhaps, like you said, it's because of the meta decks that have been released that don't really promote it anymore. Mm. Like, I know Horn's got a buff, but no one's using it now. Hmm, that is true. But nobody's really playing monsters either. Except for, okay, well, not really. Not in that way, at least. There's a completely new combo going. I think we'll be talking about that later, right? Uh, you mean Glusty? Glusty has been around for a very uh-huh. long time. And I think it's the no. only semi-popular monster deck right now. Ah, uh, the one with, isn't it Imlareth, I think? Yeah, Glusty runs Imlareth as well. Oh, yes, I, I see what you mean. Because okay. they, they usually use Imlareth and, and similar cards and, and add a Strega to win round one or round two. And then Glusty is the mm. ultimate finisher uh, in round okay. three. But yes, we yeah. are going to talk about that later. It's definitely on the list. Um, something Jess already mentioned. Harmony, tier one again. How do you feel about that? How do, you, do we feel about those green carbacks being everywhere? Sometimes it feels a bit, like to me, a bit bland that that keeps being tier one or top all the time. I just want another faction on top. And to overtake uh, Square Tall for once. Yeah, it's problematic. <laughs> uh, one thing That's that Leinhardt mentioned in his stream yesterday was it's tier one not because it's so bla- blatantly overtuned, but because it's just so easy to play. Uh, compared yeah. to other factions, as a newer player, as a less experienced player, you can get to pro or you can get like, decent MMR scores in pro, playing harmony without having no knowledge of Gwent whatsoever. Because the deck is just so simply simple to pilot, you just smash cards and get points. Yeah, well. <laughs> Though it did it did get a little bit more complicated with um, precision strike. When it was Mystic yeah. Echo, it was it was much easier to play. Now you kind of have to do something. You have to at least think about when and how to use your leader ability, and you have to mulligan mm-hmm. properly, which was not really the case uh, before. Yeah. No, that is true. Um, 
and it's very easy to screw up if you draw the uh, broccolon cards too much. Very interest, uh, very irritating, really. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially if you hold onto yes. onto them uh, until round three. I've had a couple of games because in my recent deck I play Vilgefortz and Tibor. Don't ask me why, I just do. Uh, and sometimes I will play against Harmony and, you know, I know they have only 3-4 cards in their deck. So I just play Vilgefortz on, on something that's slightly bigger and I screw up their leader, com leader combo. Because I just got one of those dryads. Mm -hmm. But overall, yeah, um, I would definitely like to see something else on top. Like, I'm happy that Syndicate is there. Because I think that Syndicate as um, as a faction is complicated enough, it's, it's, it's complex enough to uh, somehow justify it being tier 1. Because my idea mm -hmm. of Gwent is, the more difficult the deck is to pilot, the better it should be. And Syndicate is notoriously difficult to play. Because you have coins, you have other things you have to take care of and think about, so I don't mind it being there at all. But Harmony on the other hand, as we already said, very easy to play, just play your cards, get points. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I do like Syndicate. I don't often play it as I play late at night and I don't have the energy in me to do coin <laughs> calculations. But I quite like that it it takes some brains to be able to pull it off and Nedeking isn't going to help you do those quick calculations you need to win the game. Yeah. So I have quite a lot of respect for Syndicate, actually. I also like Syndicate though, quite a yeah. bit. Um, but when talking about Harmony, do you guys think that the Mystic Echo nerf simply shows that it was not the leader ability that was the problem at Willers of Brooklyn? Because now they just switched the leader ability to get the provisions and they still played essentially the same deck. I mean, I, I feel like it was problematic to begin with. It's it's just less problematic now. I think Waters of Brooklyn were uh, very strong cards and they're still being played as strong cards, but now we can't use the Waters of Broccolon to get them out as quick, basically. Yeah, we only got one-time use, basically, instead yeah. of... Mm. But I think that it shows that a Mystic Echo as a leader ability was not really that problematic. Because if you guys remember, before the Novigrad expansion, before, it, before Novigrad Injustice was a card, nobody really played Mystic Echo. And then people realized, oh, now you can replay the card and get two more engines in the same turn. And I think the first deck that was being played was, was Dwarves. Because you could get four mercenaries in one turn. People were just ho holding on to Justice until round three to, to play it twice. And if you, don't have a way of, if you didn't have a way of addressing that card, you, it was game over. Because you had just four machine guns on the board, how do you kill them? How do you lock them? What do you do about them? Yeah, it's insane. It's it's really insane that it took that long to rectify mm -hmm. that mistake. But still, it's it's interesting that they're trying to buff other factions rather than bring Square Tail down, as if Square Tail is not problematic. You know, it's like that's what they want. They like what it is, and they'd rather change everything else just to keep it that way. I don't know why they are so biased, but it's very interesting. I have my tinfoil hat theory that um, probably <laughs> their data shows that Harmony is being popular among newer players. And newer players are those who spend money on Gwent. So you don't want to upset people who pay for the game. Because people just go to a meta snapshot, they see Harmony T1, easy to play. You, you can have a lot of fun, you're going to win a lot of games. 
Mm. And if, if you are a mobile player, you are also more likely to spend money on Gwent. So I think that's why they take a more toned down approach instead of just nerfing it to the ground. I understand. But obviously, it's 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 you know almost a conspiracy theory. Like I have no idea of proving that is actually the case. We would mm. actually have to have someone from CDPR answer that question. Oh yeah, yeah. that would be rather. Okay, guys, um, where's my phone? I'm just gonna call Buja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's um, that's Koyato. I haven't really seen that many elves. Some, but not that many. Yeah, I, like I feel, here I feel, and there. I, I feel like the harmony is just. has just overtaken Koyato as a faction. Like, nobody, nobody's playing anything else. I haven't yeah. seen dwarves in ages. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, I think we still have cards that are just too strong. Um, like Isengrim. I mean, if you want that in your deck, right? So you want as many elves as you can possibly have. Exactly. So um, I see no reason why you would not use those in your deck and build your entire deck around that uh, combo going for you. So I can imagine it being like that for a while. I think... The reason why there might be fewer elves is most of these elves are two three power, and you have um, Syndicate being being two one. So you know, fifteen years in the sewers quickly takes care <laughs> of of all your elves on the board. Um, mm-hmm. Sol- Novgard soldiers are somewhat popular, and you have the RTV and crossbowmen that pings for two and then for for one if you play a soldier. So you're gonna have realistically at least three or four of them. Per game, if you play Ramon and Artorius, so these car these these guys are gonna quickly dispose of all the elves. So maybe 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 that's the reason elves are not too popular. They are still around, but not as often as before the patch. Mm, I hear you. Yeah, it's it's very rare to see a dwarf at the moment. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you mean an elf, because dwarves are completely gone, like, they disappeared, like, they're not there even. Yeah. No, nobody talks about dwarves exactly. anymore. <laughs> even though Novigrad Injustice just got reworked, um, for some reason, months after it was popular. But, yeah, um, dwarves, completely gone, nobody plays them, nobody talks about them, it's, it's like, the, the archetype doesn't exist anymore. I, th- I, th- I think your dog strongly disagrees with me, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they totally agree. I understood that. I... But when it when it comes to harmony, um, recently I saw a nice video. I think it was made by Driftblade explaining why oak is a problem. Because the reason why harmony is so popular, one of the reasons is obviously the great oak. The card is just so easy to set up, and it doesn't really matter if the round is short or long. You're always gonna get insane value out of the card. Do you think that they could potentially rework it? Not not necessarily make it worse, just make it, for example, a change it in a way where it promotes uh, a longer round or it wants a longer round, where it's only viable in one scenario rather than in all cases. You mean the Great Oak? Yeah. I mean, potentially, right? I mean, even forcing the Great Oak to only be played in the range row or anything like that could potentially buff it. I feel Square Tile is just, again, it is very much like that faction you'll play if you just start out. 
Um, oh, I see Villa has disappeared. Uh, yeah, he, he's oh, back. There. He's back on. He's back. <laughs> um, and uh, making it more difficult for entry players is maybe what they are trying to uh, not do. So I, I understand that they might not make great oak and order ability or make it row specific, but I very much feel it's necessary to do that, in my opinion. I think what also makes Oak quite strong is Squirtle has a lot of cards that spawn another unit next to it, like um, Chariot and, and Dwarven Chariot. Oh, and the Neophyte. Half, half Elf Hunter and the Defender yeah. Waters. Yeah, a lot and it just of cards. Makes it spit up quicker for Oak. Yeah, I think the, the solution that the Drivelin presented in his video was what if we lowered Oak's uh, base power to like one or two and then change his ability to boost or buff by two. So in that in that scenario he would not be very viable in a in a short round. Because how many units can you have in a three card round? Two, three maybe? So he would be significantly mm -hmm. below his his uh, his provision cost. While in the longer round he will be equally as strong. Yeah no definitely I completely agree with you. Um <laughs> that will also screw up a uh, bribery player's plan uh, mm -hmm. when facing Squirtle. Uh, so I quite like it, obviously. Yeah, to be honest, as a bribery player, that's the only card you can possibly use. Maybe Vernus, she can play for a few points as well. But all the other Squirtle cards, you just don't really see value in them. If you, <laughs> if you play bribery. So it's always aiming for Oak. If you, if you play Stefan... You just pray to all the ancient gods to get at <laughs> least one oak out of your two briberies. That it never happens. It's always oh, the opponent's it, bribery. It, I, I, I remember playing in seasonal when I was playing triple bribery, and I remember getting triple oak. <gasps> oh, there is probably good. some... There is, it, it was seasonal, though. So, you know, don't, don't at me. It was seasonal. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I hear you now play ethical decks, face and back. Yes, yes, I follow the path of BJ, who uh, who <laughs> renounced all his ties to cancerous decks last last podcast, and now I, I only play um, ethical decks. So my current deck, no bribery, no cre there is one create card that's Artorius, obviously, but other than that, no create, uh, no enslave, no poison, and I still don't get GGs. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> People just hate Nilfgaard. Or um, do you think it's because they don't want their name to be shown on the GG? Now that's, with the that's, name hidden? That's also possible. Oh, I just go onto their account real quick and check every single round. Yeah, so. I do that too. <laughs> I shame don't. them on stream. Yeah, yeah. You, exactly you, you shame, shame them. them on stream. But somebody told me that, especially in players, well, maybe, maybe are in pro rank, but are not very pro, they just gather like me. For some reason, accidentally, <laughs> um, they might be somewhat pissed off that they lose to a homebrew while playing a T1 deck. Mm, like somebody told I... me that that might be the case that you know you net deck because these decks are supposed to win almost everything, and then somebody with a with a meme deck or or, or homebrew just rolls over you for some reason. You might feel upset. Uh, that's just very salty behavior altogether, in my opinion. First, you net deck. Then you get angry because there's some originality in the game that beat your netic, which required no thinking at all. So not GGing theirs 
very unguent in my opinion. Yeah, but you can also see that how many people um, out of four in the last seconds of the game, like they know they've lost. And it's not just passing or, or forfeiting, they out of four and they make you wait. Yes. Mm. Oh my god. That's horrible at roping. I always just assume I'm playing against Shin Mary and I keep it respectful. <laughs> So, uh, it's just in case. It's, it's different. It's different when they're roping every turn. It's like maybe maybe the guy is streaming, maybe the guy is Shimiri. You know, you never know. Maybe and life coach is ones, suddenly yeah. playing Gwent. You know, rope coach. Everyone knows that. Maybe he's suddenly <laughs> playing again. You, you you don't know. But when somebody is using out the four, like the, the last few seconds of the game, to just make you wait that additional minute or two minutes, that's that's salt. It's very, very frustrating. Luckily, that doesn't happen with me a lot, so I'm assuming it's a rivalry player thing. <laughs> Actually, no, because bribery is not even tier one, so it's, it's all those salty net deckers who do that. Ah. <laughs> like bri bribery, obviously, could be a problematic card, but it's, it also adds a lot of variety to the game. You, like, Technically, you never know what's, what's, what's gonna, what it's going to be. It's going to be Oak? It's going to be something else? You never know. It makes oh, it the game more interesting. Structure. Yeah. It could be. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not well, watching I, chat, but I think they are like, oh, bribery is bad. It's just no bribery. See, I don't think the opponent of a bribery player ever feels that the game is getting interesting. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's just the bribery player who feels that way. Oh, but it's a good card, in my opinion. Honestly, if I can be honest, it's a high-risk, high-reward card, because every time I tried bribery, I would always get the most horrible <laughs> cards, and it just sucked. I would get bronze cards instead of golden cards. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's, it's some sort of confirmation bias, right? Because mm. when you are playing bribery, quite often you see, okay, I, I got something that's way below the provision cost of bribery. Exactly. But people who are playing against bribery, they, they they don't remember those matches. They don't remember when their opponent got, you know, Dwarven Skirmisher or something like that. They only mm. remember when they got the Great Oak or Falibor or Philippa. I must say what's really interesting, uh, what is irritating is playing Stefan. Uh, because it's uh, getting to replay a strong card like that, especially yeah. if it's working out for you. To but me, that's the, extremely irritating. But on the other hand, you see that coming. So if you didn't tech yeah. against Stefan and Damien, that's your own fault. Mm, I, you are right. You are right. I will admit I played triple Stefan this week <laughs> on ladder. Yeah, but that's 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 a uh, middle so match, the right? Podcast, guys. <laughs> it's been fun talking to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think Vela wants us to continue. Yeah, because uh, like when we are talking about cards like that, and you said that only those players who are playing bribery or let's say similar cards enjoy this and see it as you know more variety. Actually, we had a discussion with Lionheart about this yesterday because he was playing against Enslave Six, and he was like, "Oh, this is dull to play against." I'm not. Do I'm not saying this to put him on the spot. I think it's a very common uh, view that playing against Enslave is, is is boring because everything gets removed or stolen. But on the other on the other hand, it keeps you on your toes. Like in most mm -hmm. most matches against, let's say, Harmony, you just play your cards, your opponent is playing um, their cards, and there's not much interaction going on. And that's the same I happens understand. with, with uh, mm -hmm. certain NR decks uh, or, or monster decks. There's, there's very little interaction, but when you're playing against a slave, you have to play around the leader ability, you have to play around Swears, you have to play around Tourney Joust. 
stuff stuff like that. So the game is actually much more engaging than than when playing against Harmony, for instance. Mm, I think it's definitely confirmation bias, as you say. I mean, there's very few factions where I get excited if I'm playing against them. Uh, mainly uh, monsters, because I know I'll get a nice scorch uh, combo there. But um, yeah, all of the other factions have their ups and downs. Um, for some reason, Wolf God is just remembered most. I don't know why. Uh, because probably it's, it's um, the faction identity. The faction is built around control and, and tools that mess with your deck. That either create mm -hmm. your cards or, or make your cards weaker, like Shillard, who's not being played right now, but he used to be played in the past. Or, you know, before that we had the Witcher combo, um, Lockdown. You know, all those cards are designed specifically to make your opponent's life a little bit more miserable. Just to annoy them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know if you're a bribery player, their action your opponent has. It's it's almost you don't want your opponent to have that satisfaction, right? And I think that's why we don't like it. Especially with Poison, that was an issue as well for some reason. Even though Poison was not that strong uh, compared to some decks, but it's remembered because it's extremely irritating. We were actually talking about Poison in a few minutes because it's definitely a point on our list. But instead of talking about bribery all the time, about Nevergard all the time, um, let's focus on things that are relevant this patch, and that's Syndicate. Tier 1 again, after 2-3 months, I think? Maybe maybe not even that. So last season, Syndicate was nowhere to be found. And all of a sudden, it's a Tier 1 deck. How do you feel about that? Because I'm, I'm excited. I don't play Syndicate, I like playing against it. It's always demanding, it's always challenging. I played a bit of it. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but it's my worst faction. <laughs> <laughs> So I have no idea what I'm doing wrong. I pro I'm probably playing like completely terrible, but yeah. A, th a lot of things. My chat can apparently tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong. But uh, the thing is, every time I take out cards, it always goes towards a net deck, which I despise. <laughs> I I don't want. I want to think for myself and myself. But the thing is, it seems like the net deck is working. It's the the blood money net deck. Um, I played against Trinet the other day in our uh, Team Rankstar tournament. And I mean, it worked out great for him. And it's the first time I actually played against Blood Money. But after playing against him, I also noticed how everyone was playing Blood Money. So I don't know if it's a trendsetter thing, but it's working for some reason. It really is working. Uh, Blood uh, the TRS tournament took place on, I think it was last Sunday, which was the day after the qualifiers. So shortly after mm -hmm. the snapshot, the snapshots were released, and those include blood money. Yeah. So it's 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 not really you know setting a new trend. It's just people are net decking the strongest deck. Even I net deck it. I wonder why it's the strongest deck. <laughs> <I>, well, <laughs> well, um, I played a bit of it, and I see why it's like why some people are playing this over wild card mm. like if you're playing against an engine deck you can kind of kill two engines with one turn instead of wild card being one engine with wild card with graden with uh, blood money you can kill an engine with the leader and then you either get coins to kill the next one or you can take it with philippa etc and you can deal with the other one that's actually really interesting yeah, I see what you mean. It has like a very versatile approach. Like you can either get 
like all the money. You can get seven coins if you play it right, or you can get rid of a potential enemy, or you can do both. So I see what you're saying, actually. Yeah, and it's it's a damage, so it it deals with cards like the Doggo, it, it deals with Percival, and engines that are normally difficult to remove. It also deals with Damien or or, or Stefan for for that matter. So I think that it doesn't really surprise anyone that blood money is is being popular. I think the surprising part is that it just took so long for people to appreciate the ability. You kind of mm. see that okay, it's worth playing. Because yeah. after after Tailbot uh, came up with the idea of playing wild card during Blast Challenger, that was the only syndicate ability you would normally see. When I saw Jackpot or or Congregate, Congregate I was I was just surprised. I was shocked. That somebody is even playing that. Because not only Syndicate was not popular as a faction, somebody's actually playing the, the leader ability that's that's nowhere in the meta. But the, the, um on, on the other hand, like we, we have blood money, but we also have a very similar in our ability, uh vicious slash. Nobody's playing that. Mm, that's Ada. Yeah, that's Ada, yeah. Vicious slash, it's is that one where you um take two points of every unit on a row? No, it's, no, no, it's, uh, um... it's, it's a it's a um it's Northern Realms ability you deal eight damage and apply bleeding to adjacent units. Adjacent cards for each oh. point above no, under eight, so if a unit was seven then Yeah you get one bleed. On each. Yeah. Mm. Yeah I'm not playing Northern Realms at all at the moment. I feel it has been adequately muted and there's not much variety I, in that fashion. I think I think I feel that the bleeding effect does not synergize with anything in Northern Realms mm. compared to the blood money where you get coins, which will synergize with something. Like it actually might resorty. be a good um, Skellige ability. You get removal, you get bleeding. Yes. So you, you, get, you get pings on, on the gore and the great swords. And to help bore with bleed if you're going to make something damaged. Yeah. So it would actually be a good uh, Skellige ability rather than an R, because when it comes to an R, there is not really much much to see there. Like the only popular deck is, I mean popular. It was it was listed in um, the meta report. The Ardea Shoop one, uh, I think it was uh, mobilization. I I've never seen it. Yeah, it was it was, it was it was reported, but I've never seen it. Yeah, that's not really being played as much. I've seen uh, the regular mobilization with mm -hmm. uh, with the siege. But other than that, I feel like an R is not really being played. I'm playing um Draug Faultist. Ooh. Uh, Tell us more, because that's interesting. That's something I yeah Draug I've seen, you know, Pinsir last season. But Faultest, ooh. Yeah, I, that used to be my favorite deck when Faultus was OP with two buff on oh uh, per unit. Yeah, don't hate me, people. I used to like that deck a lot. Um, so now it's coming coming back. I was like, yeah, I have to get on this train. And now it's better than some of my factions now. It's my third best faction. And that's only my placements. I still have to play more. It's really fun because people like they don't know what to do now against that deck because it's still kind of new this season in the meta, and they're like, okay, how do I play against this? And they don't know 
how to push or bleed that player properly in round two, or if they should pass or bleed in round two. That's really cool. Yeah, it's always the best time to play it when nobody else is playing it yet, because people start to counter it if it's too strong, right? Yeah. Yeah, because That's the meta great. is still very fluid, I would say. Because in the beginning, <laughs> it was it was all Skellige. Everyone was playing just great swords, Dagur, and the boat fist, as somebody some somebody called it. And and then we had the qualifiers that obviously reshaped the meta. And um, today we have more qualifiers, so maybe some people are gonna change their decks, and it could affect the meta once again. So I feel like in that, in, in at the moment, Gwent is just in a very good spot because there is there's no permanent meta. Everything keeps mm -hmm. changing. And just and the fact good. that we have two two sets of qualifiers makes it possible. Yeah. No, it's it's very good. I feel that's what keeps a game alive, really. Otherwise, everyone just starts playing the same decks over and over again, like we did last season, which was very draining, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, last season was was a special case, but before that, before uh, Merchants of Fear, we had a meta where certain decks, uh, Enslave, Pinsir, uh, Mystic Echo, were popular for four or five months. Where sometimes they would swap cards depending on on the patch, but it was the same decks for months. Mm. December was not playable. Oh, no, not uh, November. I think December was when uh, they they dropped Legends of Fear, like somewhere somewhere in the beginning of the month. December was. Yeah, it was it was Legends of Fear already. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. before that, people. I remember when we had tried it on the show, and we were just trying to think of topics to talk about. Because the meta was exactly the same like, like two months before. <laughs> and everyone was just tired of it. But now things are much, much different. And I think we owe that to the qualifiers. Definitely. Because, because you essentially you have a certain meta that comes after the patch. And it exists for a week or two. Then you have the, the first qualifier. It changes things. And then you have the second qualifier that possibly also is going to change the meta a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Speaking of things that were popular and are no longer so, Second Wind Skellige. It's still being played, but it's not nearly as oppressive as we thought it would be. Like I still think that both is kinda on the stronger side. Maybe it should see some some minor nerfs, but overall, it's not as strong as as I I thought it would be. Your 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 thoughts on on Skellige and its its journey this patch. I mean, yeah, the combo with Dagger and Wild Ball the scene as last play is quite um, strong, but then you'd need to pull that off. Like, how many times are you going to pull that off? Not all the time. And now people are playing around those cards and trying to avoid that, and they would bleed you around too to get that, those combinations out. Yeah, I feel it was a very, very strong combo, but only when it came by surprise. Uh, the moment people started learning exactly how it worked, because it was a very, very simple net deck, really. Um, it's very easy to kind of counter it and um, yeah, just get all of the cards out before the last turn. It's Then you, you rely on uh, your great swords and Agur, and if those are gone, you're pretty much screwed. Or just have last say and then deal with Dagger yeah. at the end. Exactly. Because that's what people are doing. They uh, 
either invest round one to bleed round two and get all those cards out of the way. Um, you could play armor, that obviously makes the whole combo much less viable. Uh, you could just fight for the last say and play essentially any kind of removal. Uh, I've, I've seen people playing Aqua the Heat Wave. If you are playing Nilfgaard, you can obviously play cards like Universe Invocation. Um, you can play Scorch. I've seen that being played quite a lot. I don't think it's necessarily meta, but people are playing Scorch. People are playing uh, Igni. Some people, without pointing fingers, are playing both. Mm, I saw that yesterday. In Square Tall. Yeah. Precision Strike Square Tall does run Igni in Scorch sometimes. And Even, the DI um... is not saying anything. I, mem <laughs> I, I remember setting up Scorch and then just 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 failing with oak yeah we probably yeah. do you have a clip of that <laughs> most likely yeah I, I i i know it's unrelated but i love those moments i love when i'm just so focused on the game and on that one combo that i don't see how i how badly i messed up because you're just in tunnel vision you just want to pull off that one thing and then you realize, mm -hmm. shit, the state of the board is not what I hope well, what I, what I hope it will be. I cannot do it anymore. I, can, I can't play Scorch because now I have the tallest unit or, or something similar. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. It's, it, these cards are very strong, but you can't just play them. There's a bit of thinking involved. And yeah, I did Scorch my own oak at some point. It was yeah. very I strange. will admit I, I am part of that crew I think, of Scorch myself. I think it happened to everyone at some point. Scorching yourself is probably the most common mistake in Gwent. And, you know, not only new players make it, also experienced players make it every now and then. Because sometimes you just forget. You just have tunnel vision. You see all these cards with the same numbers on your opponent's side, forgetting you've got that one card that's only one point higher, and then you scorch yeah. yourself. Yeah, and you know, it's that adrenaline rush. Oh my god, it's gonna it's gonna be on Dandelion Show. It's so good, I'm gonna do it. And then oh shit. <laughs> yep, happens a lot to everyone. But yeah, that's that's the reason um Second Wind kinda got uh I would say relegated to tier two because everyone thought it's it's a strong tier one, period. It's gonna be up there for, for the remainder of the patch. And then people just started playing around that. Because it, as as you already said, it's easy to play around. Yeah, I mean the entire setup is based, like the entire Scalago game is is about the setup, and if you can just prevent the simple setup, then it's all good. You know, there's not much you can do about it. It's not yeah. like poison where they target you regardless, and you only have so many purifiers. I mean, you have many cards to your disposal that can get rid of other cards if you're playing right and. Yeah, just going all in round one, making sure they don't have a lot say. But on the other hand, you have to appreciate the synergies. Because many times yes. you play against something and you feel like it's just there for points. Like it doesn't synergize with anything else. For example, Avalak is, is a card like that. It's It's been thrown in many decks that don't really synergize with it. It's just, it's just there because it gives you points. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that Skellige now has a deck that's just so thoroughly synergized, where every every single card does something that helps the overall archetype. Kind of reminds me of Beta. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, I was actually rather uh, taken aback when someone in Skellige, uh instead of playing Avalach, just played a normal Fog card. 
I mean, that takes me back to beta. Yeah, and it's like they would do it regardless, or torrential rain, and uh, they score a few uh, provision costs with that, and they can get some better cards, and it has the same effect, basically, um, if you plan ahead and you get lucky. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I quite like that, and I realized I couldn't use second win on Avalach, uh, like I hope I <laughs> always make that mistake. I try. I made that mistake too. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's quite common with with leader abilities like second win or um, strategic withdrawal that you have this neutral and you think, oh, it's gonna be so nice, and, and then you realize, shit, only faction cards <laughs> can't do it anymore. Oh, that's horrible. I also well, made I mean, that mistake that's... with uh, with Shomar when I played it. Because oh, it dear. cannot target uh, neutrals. So you see, for example, you would play against Poison and you see, okay, your opponent played Morale and you're like, oh, easy, I'm just gonna snipe Morale. Well, Morale is neutral, tough luck, you cannot remove it. <laughs> because Shomar only targets uh, Nilfgaard cards when you play exactly. defensively. And speaking of Nilfgaard and Poison, it's essentially non-existent. I haven't seen it. I've seen more Squirtle um, and Syndicate Poison than Nilfgaard Poison this season. Yeah, I've seen it like once or twice. Mm, I I feel like the, the the factions that are the strongest are those who incorporate some sort of Thrive or Harmony or anything like that. And Poison uh, makes it very difficult to target those cards. Um, especially if there are so many of them. That's also why I stopped playing Poison for now and switched to Scorch as... To me, that targets a lot more cards at one time. I don't know, but I also haven't played against uh, Poison really this season. It's it's more other types of North Guard fact, uh, cards. I don't yeah. know how to put it, really. Yeah, it's mainly Imperial formation. Yeah, it's, it's the greedy mm -hmm. version of Soldiers with Damien and, and Stefan. That I mm. don't really like, personally. Like, I like Soldiers <laughs> as a concept. I don't like when people just throw cards in that are aimed to just give you more value while sacrificing synergies because of course double bribery it can be a lot of points but it doesn't really synergize with with the archetype i like playing thematic decks where you know if you're playing soldiers just play only just play only soldiers or things that synergize with only soldiers mm. but yeah uh, poison uh, not very popular when i when i saw it a couple of days ago i was like bro where you been <laughs> like, it, it's been almost a month <laughs> and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jess said that she's she, she's seen Masquerade Ball a couple of times. I haven't, not a single yeah. time. I've seen it a few times, but not a lot, uh -uh. not at all. I wish. But what's really surprising is, despite the nerf, the one provision nerf, Enslave is being played again. Enslave six, yeah. yep, and Hyperthin. I haven't really seen Hyperthon. I, I think I've seen it once. But I've seen um, Enslave quite a few times recently. Enslave 6. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I've seen Enslave more than Hyperthon, but Hyperthon is definitely a thing. What's a, what caught me by surprise is uh, in the past, nobody really played Triss in Hyperthon. But now they do because, well, you can deal damage. It's using Tibor. And that's how I lost the game yesterday, because I, was, I thought, oh, he's just going to pull Tibor out of his deck now and I win. And, well, they didn't. So, I, I lost that way. It caught me by surprise. And I saw Lionheart playing against Hyperthin quite a few times. He said somebody definitely um, popular, popularized the deck. 
it's being played. And yeah, obviously in Slave Sex. I I, I like mm. it. I like playing against a slave. It keeps you on my I toes. Don't. I like playing against <laughs> a slave. No, I like I like playing against it because I know it's coming. I know it's there. How do I play my cards to avoid getting my crucial cards being stolen or killed? I mean, basically, all I can think about is Defender, really. Or, yeah, and I purify that almost instantly. So I'm not a massive fan of Enslave, really. Of so, course, you can target the cards, too, but yeah. I, I'm playing... It's quite fun because it's not on... I don't think it's on TLG snapshot, but I'm not sure about Eratusa one. So people don't really know what's in that deck. And so that when they def when they purify the defender, you just play Nether Kingslayer and just make another defender. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> now what? Because they normally don't have a second purify. And then I you just see. get your Damien and Stefan through. Mm. Yeah, but I only play Nerfguard. And this season, I only play in pure formation. And it gives you so many tools to play around in Slave because you can boost something. I have a lot of three power units, and I, I remember, for example, yesterday I was playing my, my three power, power engine, and somebody told me, Oh, why, why didn't you boost it to five so it doesn't get spheres? And I was like, Yeah, I have my own spheres, so I'm gonna take it back. And you know, three power means if it gets enslaved, your opponent is just missing value. So you are, in a way, playing around things that you think your opponent has. And that's why I like playing against enslaved, because it is there. It's gonna, you know, it's happening. What can I do? In order to prevent it, in order, in, instead of just playing against a deck where, okay, he smashes his cards, I'm smash, I'm smash my cards, and we see who wins. I like when there is interaction between decks. I don't know, maybe it's just my thing. No, I can think. Well, I mean, if you only play uh, guard, I I'd say it would get boring at some point if you don't mix it up right. So playing against your own faction. I'd, I'd see that as a worthy opponent, and yeah, I would like it too if I played against my own faction, if I only played Northgard. So I see where you're coming from, at least. Okay, moving on. Um, what I wanted to ask Axe about Enslave, actually, is... Is it coincidence that nobody really played it last season? And then Slama talked about it um, in the developer stream, and they said... According to their data, it's the strongest leader ability with the highest win rate. And all of a sudden, after they said that, people started playing Enslave again. Do, do, you, do you think uh, it's, it's a coincidence? Or, or mm -hmm. people just took Slama's word and they thought, okay, there has to be something in it. Which leader ability is that? I couldn't hear Enslave. Enslave. Um, it got oh, nerfed right. by one provision because, uh, as I said... They claim it's uh, the leader ability with the highest win rate. I think because of the that nerf that no one expected, that no one was actually gonna play it, so that someone I think someone brought it to the qualifiers last week or the week yeah. before, and then they were like, "It's a surprise deck. No one's gonna." really practice against Enslave because who's going to play Enslave? And then they made it work and now I think it was Santu that brought it. And he yeah, I won think the... either, either Santu or Paja. And then I th if it was Santu he won and now everyone's playing that. Because they see, oh, it actually can do something. Yeah, it's kind of like with... Um, do you remember when Chess brought Shomart to the Challenger? 
Shortly afterwards, everyone yeah. was trying Shomar in their deck because they saw, okay, somebody's playing that at the tournament. It didn't really work out then, but maybe I can try to make it work myself. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I, you, you can see the same definitely. effect with Wildcard. Tailbot played mm-hmm. with Wildcard, and he said this is the, the best Syndicate ability, leader ability. And the next day, everyone was playing Wildcard. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see the influence the pro player have on the community as a whole. Just takes that one creative spark. Yep. And speaking of community, and because sometimes community thinks, oh, they nerf this, it's going to be trash, or they rework this, it's not going to be playable. A-Rush and Emlerith. People thought, these cards didn't need those changes. They're not going to be played. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they are being played. What do you think about the yeah. new A-Rush and the new Emlerith? I mean, A-Rush is... Is it five provision? Yes. So then it's basically nine for five in the um, Ruckus Queen. I can't remember what that ability is called. Yeah, but everyone knows. Uh, uh, Sir Carpus? Something like I don't, I don't remember. Ruckus Queen. Yeah, then that's a nice nine points you got there because it's eight buff plus a drone you're going to spawn. Hmm. It also helps with the dominance for some of the cards, such as Imlerith, I think, needs dominance. Uh, now, Imlerith for... usually targets your own unit, and for that you don't need dominance. You only oh, okay. need dominance to oh, target okay, your yeah, opponent's yeah. unit. Okay. And I've never, seen, it... I've never seen it being played that way. Okay, yeah. But it helps with other dominance cards, such as if you want to play the Frosthound or... Yeah. Um, Ada. I think I think Flitter is 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 it being played? Have we seen I've it? I've seen it. Okay, I've seen a I've lot seen of Ada it. when it comes to dominance. I see Tia is making faces, so let's let's see, let's hear her voice. Oh no 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 <laughs> no! I'm listening. No, I uh yeah, I wouldn't. I, I it's interesting that you guys discuss the cards as I don't play them at all. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I, I don't play them about... either. I only play one faction. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think it's as good that they change cards that are all useless. As uh, they said, I think it was, who was it? Burza or someone who said it's cost a lot of money to actually make these cards, uh, use the art, etc. So if they're not being played, instead of taking them out, rather change them. Um, I, I think it's a good change. If people are actually playing it, it means they succeeded, right? Especially if they play it all of a sudden, but that might also be because of the hype. I guess. Yeah, and it's what I like about this is how the initial reaction of a huge chunk of the community was Imlarith, Arash, there was no need for rework, nobody's gonna play that. And then all of a sudden that, that creative spark that Jess just talked about, somebody made a deck and you, you, you see it quite often. Maybe not everywhere because it's still not a tier 1 deck, but you see it quite a lot. So this shows you that maybe we should put more trust in the develop in the, the um developer team. They mm-hmm. know what they're doing. I quite like the developer team. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I, even if it takes a while sometimes for new patches to come out, I understand that it's a process and I take my hat off. Yeah, they and- they're they're busy. As a content creator, you sometimes need to talk to them and you quickly realize how long it takes for them to respond. Mm-hmm. I've talked to quite a few developers in the last 
few months and it it takes a bit yeah because they are very busy oh yeah. yeah they are like the team is not very big i think and you know and, and gwent is getting bigger and bigger and there's more and more cards that are not being played and that should be reworked or there is some new cards that maybe need some balancing so they are they are always working a lot to make the game just better yeah um, the next point that I wanted to discuss is, uh, because you said, um, somebody brought Enslaved to the qualifiers and that's why it is being played again. The effect of qualifiers on the meta. Like, we already talked about it briefly. Do you enjoy this? Do you enjoy the meta being shifted every two weeks? Um, I mean, it gives variety and it, um, isn't boring every two weeks. But I also, me as a netdecker, <laughs> don't don't know, don't really enjoy sometimes playing against something I don't know what they're playing, like a random igni that doesn't synergize with anything. I'm known as an igni magnet. <laughs> it happened to me as well, and I uh, I, I remember saying, oh, I, th this guy only won this game because he played igni, like. Mm -hmm. Completely without any synergies, just very random. <laughs> and somebody told me, "Oh, you should have played around it." Like really? Yeah, like <laughs> I saw it. How do you play around the card that's not being played? I think I saw it in Arrakis Queen the other day, and I'm like, "How? How are you yeah, guys?" I remember, but was that not a Trinet net deck? I remember something along those lines. Um, um the Arrakis net deck runs um Karatha Heatwave. Yeah. And ah. I saw somebody playing Scorch instead. And I was like, why yeah, would you do that? Yeah, there's someone that's playing Scorch and Heatwave. Uh, like, playing that. Scorch in a deck that revolves around dominance. Like, how <laughs> often are you going to see cards that are taller than your own units? That's Unless you just like Scorching yourself. Odd. And Glusty. You're playing Glusty and you're not <sighs> playing Scorch. Like, I had the situation the other day where... I was playing um, Arnjolf, and we, uh, my opponent and I were both tied at equal score. He had he had the last card, but he kept taunting me so that I could forfeit because he had Scorch in his hand because he had the tallest unit. I'm like, this is why you shouldn't play Scorch in a tall deck. Exactly. And it happens. I think people are trying to be creative, or sometimes people are trying to save provisions. Even though I think that Scorch is actually more expensive than Karatha Heatwave, isn't it? I think Scorch is thirteen. Karatha Heatwave is let's... twelve. I think it is ten. So it's three more ten. provisions. So when I saw the guy playing Scorch instead of Karatha Heatwave, why would you do that? It's just three more provisions, and you have the risk of basically ruining your own play unless you unless you have a bad experience with scenarios i can imagine that if you played against double world triple switch like, you know 10 times in a row then you probably <laughs> think you know maybe maybe something like that but then again karate heat is better still like you can line up scorch against a deck like that because everything like three four power so if you have the pinging you can line up a really decent scorch but karate heat mm -hmm. just deals with the scenario and, and you're done so I have no mm -hmm. idea why people play that in a deck like that. Oh, and I just need to clarify, Trinet just uh, informed us he actually did not play that in his monster deck. 
So it seems uh, some info got lost along the grape line. I apologize for that. I think uh, at, the, at the moment I play against a strong deck, my entire chat is just like, oh, it's a Trinipnir deck. Yeah, so same, same in my chat. Yep. Uh, I think the reason is uh, because we all stream shortly after Trinet. Mm -hmm. Like I see that a lot. I'm playing against something, and somebody instantly tells me, "Oh, Trinet played it on his stream." Mm -hmm. Because, uh, I, incidentally, Trinet quite often hosts me, and you know, I I start streaming when when he ends, so there is some overlap in viewership, and then people mm -hmm. are always like, "Oh, Trinet played it. I know what it is." <laughs> I get that too quite often. Yeah, because I think we stream in a very similar time slot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, Trinet sometimes streams for eight hours a day or something. What was that uh, last, last uh, the other day? It was like... It was the Sabbath. How many hours? Uh, he streamed for yeah. seven hours. I think he took an, a one-hour break, and then he streamed for 17 hours. See, so we are going to overlap with Trinet because he streams 24 but No, that, 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 was, that was a very unusual situation because it was Sabbath. It was his two-year stream anniversary, I think. Yeah. Ah, yes. Still, it's if you're able fun. to do that, I expect it to happen more often. I can't even stream for six hours straight. Load shedding. I can't even stream for three hours. It's it's a lot, Quite right? <laughs> it is, it is annoying when you when you can do that. I I usually don't stream a lot, but some like I can imagine how frustrating it must be if you want to do that, and you just can't because the power is gonna go off in a moment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, but um, to kind of wrap this up, at this, this segment, um, unused art, because Tia mentioned that, that, that Pavel once said that it's expensive just not to use it because they paid so much for the art. The art of leader abilities, do we want to see it back? Like, at, at least as a card that you can put in your profile. Mm, definitely, I mean, it was commissioned once, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it should definitely come back. I'm all for that. I, I, I think they sometimes take things out momentarily until they know what to do with it. But I can't imagine them ever getting rid of a card uh, forever. I think they plan to have all the cards they one day, <laughs> as long as they know what to do with it. Yeah, an example of that, of, of cards that you know were being taken out from the game and then uh, uh, were reintroduced, like Shani, for instance, right? And, and the Rodanian cards. They they were removed from the game for 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 yeah Philippa for a while until they knew what to do with them, and I still hope that one day Henry van Atra is gonna come come back to the game. Obviously, when it comes to cards like that, but yeah, the leader art is just so beautiful. Like I I remember, you know, uh, seeing seeing cards, like leader abilities like, uh, vicious slash. Like the the art is just great, and it's not there anymore, for for no reason at all. Hmm. Yeah, it's odd. I mean, I, I'm sure if we asked them, they would give us an exact reason for it. I just can't think of it right now. I think it's because they suddenly decided to change the entire leader setup where you now need skins and your leader doesn't match your leader ability, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't really have to be um, somehow bound to the leader anymore. It could be a gold card. Or it could be just mm. in mm. there like, like, like a cosmetic. It is there, you can put it in your profile that you have it. Right, your favorite mm -hmm. card. They can reintroduce it in a way. Because I understand, mm -hmm. we, are, we are not going back to leaders having their own cards. It's not going to happen, everyone knows that. But we already see quite a few leaders being leaders and having a gold card as well. 
for example, DJ. Such an addiction, yeah. And um, it's it's a very good example because both both the card and the leader were added uh, roughly at the same time. I think the card was first, and then they added the leader shortly mm-hmm. afterwards, like yeah. the next patch. And mm-hmm. um, Cleaver is another example because Cleaver was a neutral card, and I think it still is. Mm-hmm. And they made the leader. Even Arnjof. If when you played on the board. Yeah, yeah. Even Arnjof, yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. So there is already a a, a precedent. Mm. They could do that. Like I just I just want Anna Mieda. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> just just giving Anna back. <laughs> yeah, she is pretty. Yeah, the card was made. Like a lot of, of not 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 all leader ability art was great. I think that Mystic Echo was just so so. But uh, Eldane was great. Uh, I think uh, Ardo was looking really awesome. Like overall, the Syndicate art was great, and now it's mm-hmm. gone for for no reason at all. Like they should, they should think about it because um, I think I've recently seen a poll uh, made by MacBeard. If you would like to see it back in some capacity, and almost everyone said yes. Yeah, like even the I think I like the um. Detlef card art too. And once again, one, one, once again, Detlef was being a leader and a card. A card. Mm-hmm. Ada as well. Mm-hmm. And, and Ada is a very nice example because it's actually a cross-faction card. Because Ada is... Ada Striga is part of Monsters and Ada was the NR leader. Still is, just not as Ada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like, uh, yeah, our viewers are saying too they have to actually give abilities to those cards if they incorporate it in that way. So I can imagine it taking quite a while. Yeah, it probably just takes time. Change. Yeah. But Bring back Dagon. <laughs> Dagon the fish god. Maybe one day. One day. <laughs> but yeah, it takes time. But you sometimes you can see that they cater to the community. For example, I remember them saying that... Uh, uh, tactical advantage it's not gonna get a premium no way it just takes too much effort too much time it costs too much we are not gonna do that and they were repeating that every single stream and all of a sudden mm-hmm. we get premium tactical advantage it happened so they listen and I think that if people um, ask a lot about something in the end they're gonna do it so maybe yeah, one well, day okay. maybe one day there's a lot of work. Also, there's just lessons. unused art. There is, there's art that was already leaked that it's gonna come to the game at some point in the future. I think there's this, there's this whole wiki page about that. It's, yeah, it's there a is. lot of cards. And people are just asking, okay, where are those? Mm-hmm. Like, there was even this alternative coral card art that I saw that I really wanted in the game, but it's still not there. Yeah. You know, one day... Because... Per exp- every expansion they release around 70 to 100 cards. And I don't know how many expansions are going to be there this year. Possibly two, maybe three. It's not going to be four. We already know that. Actually, I think your- three max. Yeah, like yeah. Overall, your expectations when it comes to the next expansion? When? What could be the theme? Like we could talk about that a little. Uh, I think there will be three this year. One every... Four months. Mm. I mean, that's sufficient, I guess. I um, 
I know some people talked about the Zero Canyon theme, and then someone else said it's impossible, but I quite like it. I can think of majestic creatures and Zero Canyon. But, yeah, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but there is actually no lore whatsoever. In in the books, there is two characters from Zero Canyon. And the games, oh, it's you a... who said it. <laughs> Probably. And and in the games, there is one more, that's Azar, who's already part of Syndicate. Mm. So there is nothing. Like, we don't know anything about Zerikania, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so people people talk about majestic creatures and whatnot. Where where do you get that from? It's not in the books, it's not in the games. Mm. It's, yeah, it's like, I think, I think it's people's, people's perception of what Zerikania could be like. Yeah, that's the thing. We never actually saw Zerikania in that way so it could be anything and that's what makes it intriguing um but yeah they would be going away from the lore and creating their own which is also a uh which has been done before because um syndicate has very little base basis in in the lore i think like the only cards that appear in the books are dj who obviously at that time in at the time of the books has no connection with the syndicate whatsoever and and Hemelfart. Everything else was either The Witcher 3 or it was or The Witcher games or it was specifically made and I think that's the majority of cards were specifically made for the purpose of Gwent. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's possible, right? It is, uh, it is possible. They might be keen to do something like that again. Um but at the moment I think they'll be more eager to balance the game. I think that's their top priority at the moment. Yeah, if if they do something like Zerikania, yeah, it's not gonna be a new faction, which is something that people always talk about. It's gonna be more like um, Merchants of Fear, where you, maybe you get some neutrals and a couple of cards that are bound to a faction, and you have a couple of Fury cards that are part of an R, for instance. But it's not gonna be a mm-hmm. separate faction. I don't think they want to add a new faction. Because six is a nice number. It makes it easier for to do challenges and stuff like that. Like an even number. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, so to um to wrap up the Gwent segment or what's happening in Gwent Villa, your opinion on Gwent overall? <laughs> because we are moving to to your territory, which is the competitive Gwent. No Villa, nothing, nothing again. Okay, Villa is is quite quiet today. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe he didn't sleep well. <laughs> Uh, competitive Gwent. We had the qualifiers, the first qualifiers, uh, last weekend. And both spots secured by Team Artusa once again. Do you think there's any team right now that could challenge their position? It's always Team Artusa. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Team Artusa has a lot of good players, but I'm sure more might emerge or more might get lucky in the future. I'm always looking for Red Train, by the way. So. <laughs> My team. Kappa. No, 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 um, energy. Uh, Actually, aren't you the only pro Gwent player on the team? Yeah, I am the only Gwent player on the team, so which gets lonely when I have to practice for any tournament, then I sometimes practice with Crozier. If he can, help me with some decks from what he's using in the same tournament, because I can imagine Artuza won't like that. Um, but other than that, sometimes I just tell him what decks to play, then I will practice with him. 
with the decks I'm bringing. Because last season you got quite close to your top 64, I think. I placed 101. <laughs> so that, that is That's... fairly close. I think that the, the, the MMR difference was probably very yeah. minor. I think it was 60 or something. But that being said, I only had, I think, two weeks to play that month because I was in Germany. And I'm not going to spend all my time in Germany playing. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. And, and yeah. right now that you're back, you have load sheddings, and that makes things complicated again. Yeah, I'm not pushing for top 64 this season because the day of qualifiers, I'm away on holiday again with Crozier. <laughs> I, I see a pattern right, there. Honestly. <laughs> I see a pattern. Maybe, maybe Crozier is just <laughs> trying to sabotage your success, <laughs> your success on the ladder. <laughs> because he can't play with his master thesis, I can't play. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, let's hope qualifiers happen more often so you can go on cool holidays. <laughs> uh, yeah, qualifiers are going to happen, I think, every month. Or almost every month. Yes, every month. Yeah, that's the same. We yeah we can show like the overall rules of the qualifiers because there's two qualifiers per month right the top sixteen and top sixty four and I think there's um overall two sets of qualifiers and then an open yes yep yeah so there there's gonna be a lot of qualifiers you can you can uh, join in the future because really one one hundred one that's that's not far away. There are some of them I can't play because if I do make it, then I can't go because of visa restrictions. Uh. Oh yeah, that again. Is it like a different kind of different kind of visa? Like because I no, I it's assume... Schengen. Yeah, but I, you have a tourist visa right now, I think. There might be one that be that's like for sports, technically, because mm. esports. Yeah. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, it would get complicated at some point. I mean, you can even call it work, but I don't know what the side effects of that would be. You Tax. know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure how it, how it would work because um, the, the rules in South Africa are quite interesting. For example, Tia explained to me that every time she gets money from Twitch as a streamer, yeah. she gets a call from her bank to explain where that money is, is coming from. My bank, yeah, uh, because it's yeah. an international payment, right? My bank doesn't do that. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah, Cappy Tech Bank does. Um, well, especially because I don't get paid uh, through PayPal. So every single month I'm asked where the money comes from. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to explain to them uh, that it's not a fraudulent way of accumulating money. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think your dog disagrees with that statement. <laughs> I think you should be buying more treats with that money. I, I guess, <laughs> yeah, the thing is I need to lock him in the room today because um, we have someone coming over today to help clean the house and she never comes on a Saturday, so problematic moments. <laughs> let me just, let me go silence the doggo. Just don't, just don't kill him, just don't, don't shoot it. <laughs> I know, I know Thea has guns, so please don't do it. <laughs> nice chair stream, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Crozier knows all about that. <laughs> I'm back. What did you do to it? 
Just quickly kill the doggo. Always fine. Yeah, you can just you can, you can just get a new one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Um. Anyway, the highlight of the last tournament was Alessio's rant. So basically, he is not happy about Gwen right now, and he said he's done. Do you think I he's... saw that video very briefly? Do you think he's done for real, or is it more like I would, I would call the chess effect when he played the <laughs> challenger, he announced he's uh stepping back from DLG, and he's not gonna play Gwen again. And then, well, he kind of got back. He's playing a lot these days, not streaming, but he is playing Gwen competitively. Do you think that's the case with Alessi just overall being unhappy with how the tournament, how the qualifier went, or how the meta is, but in the end coming back? Or do you think he's he's gone for real? Um, I mean, I think he might be gone for real. He's, in, I assume, he's enjoying the other card game that he's playing. Um, I think a Sessions of Runeterra. Oh, a um, lot of people are playing that. Yes, but I haven't seen him streaming or playing Gwent a lot these days, except for except for the the qualifier. I think, my opinion, he may it might be that he didn't practice too much for the qualifiers as much as his teammates because he's busy with Legends of Runeterra and then that affected his um, overall placement in the qualifiers which made him angry with the game. I mean, yeah, you can only get so angry at the game, right? He lost fair and square, so... Yeah, I feel people shouldn't be too quick to flip out. Um, but yeah, we, we will see, right? It's very easy to reach that stage where you feel like you won't ever play Gwent again. Especially if he's already playing a different card game. He might just completely migrate over to that. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, there's a lot of, as I already said, a lot of people playing Legends of Runeterra. I think Beard is is really involved in the scene right now. And there, there's another person that we actually approached to be on that podcast. And the answer was, well, I would love to, but not right now because I'm all about Legends of Runeterra. Mm-hmm. So you can see that even notable members of the community kind of jump ship. Not sure if permanently or just to check things out, but it definitely has an impact on Gwent. And and speaking of people who are playing uh, another game, Life Coach. Like, I think it was obvious that he's not going to participate in the World Masters. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I had my personal hope that he would, because that would be huge for Gwent if he did. But he's still attending the viewer party. He's coming to oh. Warsaw to be at the tournament. He's just not gonna play. I think I think he handled that pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he's still got a lot of good relationships with CDPR. So that's why. And maybe Gwent is still there in his heart, but he's not gonna play it though. So that's why he would go to Masters mm. to have, enjoy it there. I mean, I, I would never know his reasons if, if he had other than what he gave us. But if it is true, it's it's very altruistic, I'd say. Still going and giving your place to someone else who deserves it more, if that's what you're, you think. Um, if he didn't go at all, I, I just think he wasn't in the mood, right? But he is going and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, because we have to remember, he actually quit Gwent two years ago. 
Yeah. Where uh, shortly after Midwinter, when he just didn't like create, he is. He was very outspoken when it comes to that issue, and he didn't like it. He quit Gwent. He didn't like the direction the game was taking. And yeah, it was to be expected that you know somebody who hasn't played the game in two years. I think he briefly came back for for Homecoming for a day or two. He didn't like it, so it makes a lot of sense that he would not participate in the tournament. And you know the way he handled it, what what Thea just said that he said he doesn't deserve to be there, and there's players who are still very much involved in Gwent and that should be there in his stead. That was mm-hmm. that that was that was an act of class, and I really like him going to the party. Maybe he's gonna announce it somewhere else. Maybe he's gonna stream it. This could this could be huge for Gwent, because Life Coach is obviously a huge personality in in terms of card games. Yeah, no, I think it's it's really great that he's sharing his support. Again, yeah, hats off to him. It could also give more exposure to the game again. Mm. Yeah, and speaking of more exposure, Android coming soon, <laughs> March twenty fourth. So yeah, when somebody asks Android when, it's March twenty fourth. We already know. <laughs> I kind of expect that when they said you know Q one, I was like, okay, it's gonna be March tw- the the thirty first. Like obviously, it's it's CDPR. It's always like that. It's actually twenty fourth, so a week earlier than I anticipated. But that's gonna be massive for Gwent. Like we already see what effect the iOS release had on the game. And, you know, maybe maybe it doesn't translate to viewership on Twitch, but there's a lot more people playing. There's a lot more people spending money on Gwent, and the more money Gwent makes, the higher the odds of having larger expansions and more patches and more reworks and stuff like that. Because the company is just able to pay the stuff, or even expand if they want to. Mm. So, yeah, what do you think about the Android release? It's, we, are, we are a month away, like, roughly. Oh, it's exciting. I'm an iPhone person. I'm a Samsung person. So. <sighs> so I've been playing mobile for a while. <laughs> um, especially when my power's out, I can play on my phone. Just when make my sure battery's it's full. Yes, when my battery's full and I have data because it takes quite a bit of data and battery when I... Like one game I can play. But um, I think there are more Android players than iPhone, so there's gonna be a lot more players brought bringing uh, bringing into the community via Android than iPhone, and iPhone was a success, I believe. Yeah, it was a massive success. Yes, especially in terms of income, it either tripled or quadrupled in the last quarter of the year, and that was a month in. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously, a huge impact on 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 the financial situation of the game. Hmm. No, I mean it's great, and I'm hoping Android might do even better, especially since iPhone users sorted out all the little bugs and <laughs> for us. We were the beta testers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Gwen has way. been in Gwen has been in constant beta since its conception. I would say. Yeah. It never changes. <laughs> Gwent coming in cyberpunk and just saying it's been all a beta test, guys. It's never been real. <laughs> this Gwent game is, is now finalized. It would be quite ironic. I, I don't think it's going to happen. They, they already said there's going to be no Gwent yeah, yeah, or, or, or no game. Witcher in, in the cyberpunk game. 
I mean, so probably Siri is gonna make a cameo. It's, it's gonna happen. Like we, we, they, they keep denying that, but we are they, they leaked it in The Witcher Three. Like there's no, there's mm-hmm. no going back. It has to happen. You can't. I'm just, pretty sure it's gonna happen. It yeah, like you, you happen. can't just you know put it in the game where it's Siri, you know, tells girl about the cyberpunk universe and then just not put it in cyberpunk. <laughs> like no way, it has to happen. <laughs> but with that being wait. said, um, is there anything about competitive Gwen that we'd like to discuss right now? I don't think so. We we covered the masters, or, or maybe just overall exper- uh, expectations of the masters. Do you have your favorites? Mm, no, I am <laughs> unbiased for now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm biased as well. Freddy for life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like Freddy because he always brings um, meme cards to tournaments. You know, Angulam, Big Love. So yeah, I'm, 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 I I, I'm. Yeah, go ahead. I think I'm always like on the underdog side. Yeah. Also like Magpie. Yeah, there was also I when Chessy was playing. I wanted him to win because he's never been there and he is one of my friends. So. And he plays Shomar, obviously. Yeah. Honestly, I'd like to see a South African going someday. Yes. Yeah. So, Jess, you need so to yeah, start all, making all, a top try. All, all bets on Jess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will go watch Jess if she goes. I mean, yeah, you actually didn't didn't end uh, too far away on the ladder. Yeah, it's just at some seat. Every time uh, I reach a point where I just feel I won't be able to climb it, I need to go and then I play something else. Yeah, at some I'm point you were top 100. I was, but it was in the beginning and it's very easy to get there really, uh, especially if you're getting to pro real quick. It's about staying there and again, I haven't played in a while now, so I'm even I'm not even top 1000 right now, which is just uh-huh. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing The Witcher 3 for quite a while. I think I'm sitting this one out, but next month I will be back. Um, not competitively necessary, but maybe one day. First I have, guess. Yeah, I have f- played a few qualifiers in the past, before season two, and I have this terrible, terrible curse of being ninth, and I never make day two, even oh. in even in that Italian qual- uh, uh, tournaments that happened near the end of the year last year. Yeah. I always didn't make a day two. Ever until the last one where I made a day two, and I was one win away from going to Italy, and then never Pudger like blocked me. Oh, well, no. if you if you said you are cursed, I think you might need a Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Witcher to break the curse. Yes, to lift it. Yes. So, uh, Geralt, if you're listening, um, we can we can we can put you in touch with with Jess. <laughs> I mean, there was this one. I think it was a qualifier where I placed seventh and I thought it was it, but there was still one game going and I was like, yeah, if they win or lose, they won't make it higher than um, seventh. So I will be safe. But then there were three of us tied at seventh. So we had to do a three-way tournament again between the three of us. And then the other two opponents made top eight and not me. I was so devastated that night. Because I was so happy. I told my stream I made day two. And then they were all happy. And I had to play another tournament. That sucks. Yeah, it does. 
But speaking of tournaments and your involvement, I think it's a good moment to uh, switch over to the next segment, which is the personal Q&A. Because I'm not sure if everybody remembers, but back in the day, back in the good, <laughs> good days of beta, you actually organized tournaments. Yes, this is two years ago. Um, I started making tournaments. I had this idea that maybe if it's very popular, then maybe we could do land-based tournaments in South Africa. But um, the people I organized the tournaments with, they are all South Africans. I've been friends with them since even before Gwent, because I used to play Call of Duty competitively. Oh, for- yes. Yeah. <laughs> I played and, it too, but not competitively, no way. <laughs> and uh, my best placement was second, and I earned money from that, which was cool. So I do have a good relationship with those people. So they were like, okay, let's let's try this. Let's do Gwent tournaments, because we see you quite involved with, involved with it. And they were quite excited that I'm also involved, involved with the Gwent devs, that they know me personally kind of they do know me and then yeah, well south africans if you're known internationally it's a big deal i don't know if you know that dear like oh no not at all like people get so excited if international people know you i'm like oh okay okay so i tried making these tournaments but they said only south africans are allowed and neighboring countries um, okay. I don't know why, so I couldn't do international. My first one was a success. I think I had like 40 participants. Then the wow. second one went down to 30, and then it became like 15. And then we're like, okay, we can't do this anymore oh. <laughs> because there's not enough players every time, not enough interest. Mm. Yeah, I was just going That's to ask sad. if there is any plans to resurrect those tournaments, but yeah, if if you said that... There is not enough participants and not enough interest. I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe because... after the Android release. Maybe at some point after mm. the Android release, there could be more people interested in Gwent. It's also because mm, it's very stereotypical to say, but South Africans like prize pool. They want prize pools in their tournaments. And I've I known see. this with Call of Duty too. They won't play until there are prize pools and we didn't have any prize pools except like meteorite dust or kegs from Gwent but they want money prize pools that's mm-hmm. why that lost interest it makes sense it's i can understand how that would be a priority yeah, yeah. i can I, I can imagine mm-hmm. and i'm not sure cdpr at the moment is willing to provide provide any kind of financial prize pool oh, yeah. Because yeah, well, so. well, yeah, they didn't do it back then, and now if you look at the price pool for season two, you clearly see that they're not uh, in a position to fund um, community organized tournaments. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna do that. It's not gonna happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of that, there there was one idea that they did back in the day, and that was um, the skirmish. And you are one of the very few people who participate in the skirmish and who are still around. Because I look at yeah. the list, Crowser, uh, Ash Lizzle, they're all gone. Yeah, I think it's only myself um, and Pumpkin. Maybe Brizosa. 
Oh, I mean Crockies. Sorry, Krauser. I, I I thought Crockies and I said Krauser. My 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 bad, my man. Wife <laughs> 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 from existence. My uh, my my excuses. I I meant Crockies. <laughs> He's Crockies' um, German brother. If you didn't know. So yeah, um, tell us about the skirmish. Did you, did you enjoy it? Like, do you do, do you want to see them back? Because personally, yes. I would love to see them. Yes, I would want them to bring them back because I was quite surprised that they actually chose me. But they told they told me they wanted a variety of regions to be able to be play this tournament, and I was I felt quite fortunate that they chose me for um, the skirmish. It is actually quite fun. Like you have this whole thing where CDPR does a a draw show for you on YouTube and everything, like they do for opens and challenges. And then you have to organize with your opponents in your pool what times and what days you need to play because you can choose different days and different times, but you have to stream them. I remember it was only for streamers because you have to stream the games so that they know that no one's cheating or anything. The only gripe I had with it was you were allowed to go to deck builder between games and change your deck whenever you wanted. So I didn't do that. I stuck with my decks. And I remember this is the first time I had practiced tournament games with someone else in the Gwen community and that was Crozier that's how we got to know each other through skirmish Aww. <laughs> that's awesome Gwen bringing people together confirmed because <laughs> um, I had no one else to play or um, teach me the ropes of homecoming because yeah, I, I was a PlayStation player that had just converted over to PC and I didn't understand really about Homecoming and how to play these games. So I saw Crozier as this person being top 100 all the time. I'm like, oh my God, he must be like this good player. So I asked him to help me. And uh, also because he had an African flag, which gave me an interest. Next yeah, actually, 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 he explained the story behind this African flag <laughs> last episode. <laughs> <laughs> completely by accident the Namibian player Crozer I think yeah. it was the Namibian flag right? yes because I saw no other African players ever so I was like oh my god there's another African I have to know who this person is so yeah so yeah you approached him like, all hopeful and he was like nine nine? <laughs> I'm like oh he's German <laughs> but I knew this before I asked him what's going to that's a great story. Like I thought, yeah. you know, you just were invited to the tournament, you played a little bit, and you can share your insights about how it felt to be there. And we actually got the story of how you met Crozer. Yeah. We didn't ask him last time. We thought, uh, that might be a little bit too cheesy to ask on on, <laughs> on, on the podcast. Ugh, it's fine with me. If it's fine with him, it's probably fine with him. It's already out there. Or your Freddy says, let's cheese. With that being said, guys, do you have any questions? I got one question. Okay, um, Dia found something. One. 
Uh, Kane asked us, what do we think about um, CDPR not releasing balancing patches more often? And are they too much focused on new expansions or do they not have time and resources? Uh, didn't they say that they want more frequent balance patches because they want to avoid a situation like in January where they um, didn't release a balance patch because there was simply no time to do that? Like, I, I think the idea is that, okay, there's going to be fewer expansions, we already know that, but the balance patches are going to be smaller but more frequent. So let's say once a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, Voldemort wants to know how Miss Lady J feels about stealing Crozier from him. Well, I mean, that's not my fault that he chose me over Voldemort. Ah, there you have it. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that was a very wise choice. <laughs> but hey, guys, if you have questions, they they can be a little bit more personal. They they can be directed to all, at all of us if you want. Uh, just Voldemort, Voldy, please, you know, hold your horses. Um. All right. Uh, Bing wants to know: Does anyone want dwarves buffed? I I doubt it, really. Yeah. Uh, so be. Honest, no, not really. Because if you look at dwarves, it was just another points spam deck. No, no, three IQ, just play your cards, get points. And we already have Harmony and Thrive to do it, so... I don't think there is a need right now. Um, do you feel comfortable with everyone knowing about your <laughs> Hobbit feat? We actually <laughs> talked oh about it before gosh. the show. <laughs> Crozer asked, Crozer asked, so... Okay, so it's you have to tell the story again. All right. I mean, you can say, you can ask the question because I, it's basically a meme now in my channel too and his channel that people say I have hobbit feet. <laughs> it came about with, um, I think a lot of people know that I wear socks to bed in the winter. I sleep with socks on. I th Tia also does it. She has told me. Yes, I do. It's not just me that you should be angry about. South Africa is the actual Shire, guys. <laughs> um, so the first time I was at Crozier's place, sorry, we were sitting on the couch watching something on Netflix, I think, or I think it was Twitch open on the TV or something. And my feet was up on the couch without socks. And then he says to me, why do you have such hairy toes? And I was like, I don't have hairy toes. <laughs> Shouldn't say those to a woman <laughs> on the first time you're meeting them. So I've told this to my chats before, and now they think I have hobbit feet. <laughs> oh, the Gwent community never change, never change. Um, I like how those things start as a single line somewhere on on, on Twitch. And then it just spirals out of control. Yes. <laughs> this, is... No, this is how you get the ladies. Me. Take notes. Yeah. Hobbit feet confirmed. This is not me. Actual <laughs> hobbit this. friend. <laughs> well, if anything, I'm certain my feet are more hobbit than Jess. <laughs> I can't imagine she has big feet. No, they, they mean hairy feet when they say hobbit feet. No. Other <laughs> than the state of her on anyone's feet, guys. Any more questions? We have we have some some more time. So if you have any decent questions, 
looking at you, Valdi. <laughs> Uh, please ask them. I don't know if this counts as decent, but, um, Voldy wants to know if Jess ever felt ashamed, felt ashamed for being a Skelliger main in the beta and never playing no. Skelliger when it's not broken now. No. According to him. <laughs> what? I played, I played Skelliger in beta. <clears throat> don't hate me. I played Greatswords. I was a Greatsword main. Um. Then Homecoming, when the beginning of Homecoming, I played my own homebrew deck that actually got me over 2.5. And people were saying, oh, it's a meme. Don't play it. Because I was playing Krach when I would damage things and Wild Boar and Scourge and Brockville Hunters. Now Brockville Hunters actually now in the meta report, actually, with Arnjolf in TLG. Everyone was like, Oh my god, Rockwell Hunter is such a meme, don't play it. Don't play Wild Boar, it's such a meme. But now I'm playing I was playing it and now it's in the meta reports, which I find like it's very happy. I'm it makes me very happy. I have a good question from Crowser, good guy Crowser. A favorite card art and voice line from recent expansions. Expansions as in Yeah, all as of in them? like the last couple. So let's say Merchants of Fear and Iron Judgment. I think my favorite card art is probably Living Armor. The premium is pretty cool. Or the All Gear, the new one. And the voice line is Ramon, actually. Brenda today, Vizima tomorrow. Nah, that, 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 that's, that's a good one, but that's not, not the best one. Beat the Nordling dogs until they dogs beg until for they mercy. Beg. That's the best line <laughs> in the game. <laughs> yes. Well, like that counts this. as new. That's, uh, I get, I'm guessing, um, what is it called? Seneca doesn't count as new anymore. It was an expansion, though. So. Okay, then my, fam uh, th my favorite one remains the one where uh, Bensi says, women belong in the home, I, in all of them. It's a very nice line, because most people wouldn't actually think about what she says, and they realize, oh, oh, that's what she means. <laughs> I think there was also a voice line I liked a lot from the Redanian Archer like Falling Stars something at the beginning I forgot but the last part is like Falling Stars uh, Voldemort wants to know does Jess plan to continue playing and streaming Gwent when she moves to Germany and marries <laughs> <a> potato <laughs> <laughs> yes there you have it. Probably. If Gwen is still alive, then. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a question. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with chat. Guys, anything else? Um, missing monsters in meta as tier 1 or 2. Depends. I would, like, per my personal opinion is... <laughs> If it's point slam monsters like Thrive, then no, I don't miss it. If it's something interesting like Death Wish, then yeah, that would be nice. I'm not sure about you guys. What again? Uh, do you miss monsters being tier 1 or tier 2? Oh, I think some of the people from my chat know my experiences with monsters. I used to like playing a lot of point slam monsters such as woodland and gonicora 
because Gonikora was the first deck <laughs> that I got to 2.6k with on ladder. And yeah, I had my own Woodland Shoop deck back in the day. I also got over 2.5k. So yeah, I miss those days with those decks. Yeah, I, I don't miss Gurney. Like, we have Harmony now. I it, miss does Gurney. Same, it does the same thing, it just slams points. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we'll we'll get there where where monsters are back where it's supposed to be. I think they're working on it, especially with the last expansion we had or the last patch. Um, yeah, no hurry. I think I think we're enjoying playing some other decks. At yeah, the but ev- you know, every now and then they have an interesting deck. Uh, we had vampires shortly after uh, the reworks, which was nice to see. Uh, we had death wish for a moment, which is always also nice. Okay, I think that's going to be the last question. Uh, Crozer asks, if you were a Gwent card, what faction would you be in and what ability would you have? Hmm. Huh. A faction? I'd probably be a monster's faction. A card, believe it or not. I'd probably be Skellig. <laughs> yeah. um, I like Hemdall's ability. Um... It's basically like almost like um, Great Oak, just damage random enemies. Um, of all these idea for you, Jess, is Skellige, 15 point body, 14 provisions, do nothing. <laughs> what a lad! <laughs> 15 for 14, hey! Value. I don't think I need to an- I need to answer that question. Everyone knows that I'll probably be in, be in the oh, card. Shot. <laughs> okay, guys. If we d- <laughs> card for wise order gains you. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, if we don't have any decent questions, then I think it's the plug time where you are allowed to sell out. All the way you want. So, where can our viewers find you? Oh, wait, there's another question. We're going to ask that because I said that before and I missed it. Uh, what do you think they plan with artifacts next? Slama was winking, just like when Merchants of Novigrad launched stealthily. Because uh, um, I, I remember. remember the Take the time to think, because I, I what I want to say is uh, I talked to Crozer before his episode, and he said, "Oh, the 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 artifact update is gonna be huge. They're gonna probably change all the things and the way we interact with artifacts and stuff like that." So we did expect something massive when it comes to artifacts, and it did not happen. So maybe maybe they're just stalling right now. Just okay, we didn't do anything this time around, but we have plans. So wink, wink, notch, notch. We are gonna do something next patch. Bring Perhaps. back the hill, Kappa. They half asked it. Yeah, they did. Merchants of negativity. Uh. So yeah, uh, I mean, guys, artifacts. I think I think it mostly revolves around the scenarios. Mm-hmm. 
So you're, and Bomb you're, you're Heaver being like the cheapest artifact removal unit. Played everywhere. Yeah, I have no idea why they changed that to begin with. Why would you want to be able to remove such a strong unit? I think they want to make it high, high, a high risk, high reward. But uh, maybe that's why nobody's really playing artifacts anymore because at some point everybody just started running that artifact removal card for next to nothing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I still like the idea that Panda presented during the podcast. Make them lower provisions, significantly lower the power output, so if they get removed, so be it. If they stick, you are gonna get value, but not as insane as now, so... Everyone should be happy. At least we are talking about scenarios, because other artifacts are... much more difficult to discuss, <laughs> because there's so many of them, and very few of them actually see play. I saw Oshimat playing a no-unit deck again. Of course. It doesn't It doesn't uh, surprise anything. Bing sends armor for health in artifacts alongside dedicated removal. Interesting concept. Yeah, but then you have cards like uh, Iris. That will just nuke the artifact and get insane value out of it, so no, no. Mm, I hear you. Yeah, that would just be another card you have to have in your deck every single time. And then you have cards that irritating. swap armor with power, and since artifacts have no power, just remove it as well. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the other day I saw people, or oh, I saw someone playing no units in Northgard with Cadaverine. Cadaverine, oh my goodness. <laughs> With also Spears, um, Ale, and there was... What's that potion that boosts by three? That blue potion. There's uh, two blue potions. The bronze... The They're both bronze. <laughs> three? Twice? Yeah, I know what I you know mean. exactly what you're talking about. Thunderbolt. Yes, and Scorch. And he had... Um, Black blood. So yeah, I had like nothing on the board. You let you lost to a Novgard no unit friend. Yes, because I was playing Syndicate, and I couldn't keep up with tempo in round one. Had to give him the round, so he had final say round three with Imperial Okay, so I, I assume he disguised himself as a proper deck. Yes. Oh yeah, that's the way to do it. You think, <laughs> oh, it's just a regular deck, and then round two, it's mill or no units. Uh huh. I thought it was just soldiers. Sneaky, sneaky. Okay, guys, now it's really the time for the last segment, which is Black's sellout time. Jess, Tia, where can our viewers find you if they need to do so? Okay, my Twitch is Miss Lady J. It's just Miss Lady J. My Twitter is Miss Lady J underscore ZA, because someone has already stolen my name. Um. <laughs> If you want Instagram, it's Jess May, M-A-I-J, not M-A-Y. Um, I don't have YouTube, so don't even try and look for me on YouTube, even though my chat might say that, but I don't. I never use it. And that's all. And my Discord, which someone might give a link because I don't have the link right now. That is all. 
yeah your turn okay it's basically the same don't do youtube don't have the time or the energy so you can also find me at my twitch name which is just below trbc and you can there find all my other info but yeah my twitter would be tia boysen b-o-o-y-s-e-n trying to keep it formal <laughs> uh, that's about it um yeah it's been fun Basenberg. thanks very much for the podcast i apologize for my lack of quality very it's, hard. it's okay okay villa, <laughs> villa it's your turn villa where can people find you where can we find you for god's sake <laughs> in our hearts in our hearts yes villa villa villa's villa again <laughs> okay guys um if you don't really have to look far if you want to find me because you are in my channel so i'm gonna take this one to promote uh everything we do for the podcast so instead of promoting myself uh there is a couple of links in the chat uh you if you want to get if you want to stay in touch off stream you can do so on twitter at novgrad podcast we do early announcements on discord so you can join as well and all the episodes are available on youtube Spotify, and also Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you don't get notified whenever the podcast is live or whenever I'm live, you can follow me here on Twitch. Because as you can see, that's where the podcast is being held, for the time being at least. Um, so yeah, guys, I think that's everything. Thanks for being here. Jess, Tia, thanks for being on this episode. Really appreciate it. Vila, thank, you as well, uh, th Vila thank you as well for not showing. <laughs> Good job, my friend. We'll talk later. And... <laughs> Yeah, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for chatting with us today. We are going to raid somebody in a couple of seconds. So have a great Saturday. And Bye. we'll see you next time.